This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday. Time to get to today. Updated MLB win totals 20 minutes from now. Which team's updated win total do we like? Who are we fading? We'll jump to that. Who's going to make and miss the playoffs in Major League Baseball as the season starts back up? And we'll get to some future as well with our guy Ian McDonald. But right now, we got to bring out our magazine here. Phil Steele, one of our favorites here, is going to join the show. We have our magazine, the 2022 College Football Preview. Phil Steele joining us on the Roman Guest Line to talk about the magazine, the preview, and the season to come. Phil, welcome back to the show. We were all uh, going through our copy here. And the, the one thing I want to start with is, was this year more difficult? How how has it been? You know, handling putting this together with all of the transfers, the NIL. I mean, tremendous players moving from team to team. Continuity is not a thing anymore in college football. Did that make it more of a challenge this year? Yeah, it it does. The last two years have really been a challenge. Last year, more so in the fact that the transfer portal didn't close until July first. Uh, this year, the transfer portal closed on May first. So we were able to capture all the players leaving teams and capture the majority of them landing, like a Jordan Addison going from Pitt to USC. Uh, to give an example of how it works, you know, we, we do the magazine a three right through process. The first one's a postseason right through, where I read every article that's written about the team the entire year, getting a real good flow of every position and write each uh, position at that point. And USC at that point was middle of the road in the Pac-12. They only had 11 returning starters, first-year head coach, and coming off a 4-8 and eight season. Then the second write-through process is pre-spring, add in the freshmen, readjust some of the power ratings. And the third write-through is after I talked to the coaches. And ironically, I was on the phone with uh, Coach Lincoln Riley the day they signed Jordan Addison. And now all of a sudden they had Caleb Williams, the quarterback from Oklahoma, a Heisman front runner this year, Mario Williams, one of his top receivers from Oklahoma, the Blitnikoff winner in Jordan Addison, 1,000-yard rusher in Travis Dye from Oregon, a guy like Shane Lee who had 13 starts at Alabama, a linebacker. And my main concern with the team was offensive line, and Coach Riley told me he liked the top-end experience and didn't expect to inherit this much talent. All of a sudden, USC had gone from middle of the road to Pac-12 to my number one most improved team in the country and a team I think can contend in the Pac-12. So you have to adjust your power ratings on the fly. You may have it set at a position, uh, as example, I had Pitt's receivers up higher, and then losing Addison, going to USC. All of a sudden, USC bumped from about number five in my receiving core to number one with the addition of Addison. So if we look at the title odds, uh, Phil, what, obviously Alabama is the significant favorite all by themselves, but close to them, on that top tier, of course, Ohio State and Georgia – then it starts to drop off. It drops down to Clemson at about 10 to 1, and then it takes an even steeper drop off to Texas A&M, USC, Oklahoma, Michigan, Notre Dame, teams like that. Do you agree with the odds that it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, then everybody else? Because that's what they seem to suggest. Yeah, and what I do every year is once the magazine goes to the press, I then go through every matchup on the season, and I, I come up with my lines on the games, who I think will be favored and by how much. I have Alabama double-digit favorite in every single game this year. I have Georgia a double-digit favorite in every single game this year. And I have Ohio State a double-digit favorite in every game with the exception of Penn State. I know Vegas has Ohio State favored by 13 in that game, but I only have it by seven. It's whiteout conditions. 
Penn State usually plays them tough. So that's a one game that they're not a double-digit favorite. You go to a team like Clemson, uh, which is the number four team, they've got a, a, a pick em game on my list, which is traveling to face uh, Notre Dame in South Bend. And on their schedule, uh, they've got a game where they're a seven-point favorite at Wake Forest, a seven-point favorite at Florida State, an eight-point favorite at home against Miami. So there are actually four games Clemson's not a double-digit favorite. I do have it. If I was making the odds, I would have that exact drop-off uh, going from three teams that basically are double-digit favorites in every game to teams with question marks on the schedule. I've heard some analysts predict Ohio State to win the national championship, and then I see you have Alabama number one in your power pool and your preseason top 40. Walk me through that decision. Obviously, hard to bet against Nick Saban. I'm just curious your thoughts. Yeah, with Ohio State, your your big thing you're looking at with them is the faith in Jim Knowles as the defensive coordinator. I mean, let's face it, Ohio State's defense last year was not wonderful. Uh, last two years, they've given up 402 yards per game in 2020. 373 yards per game last year that's not tremendous defense but they have the talent there and when I did the power ratings and went through the defensive line for example I've got number five in the country the linebackers 18 the DBs 14 all of a sudden they've got my number seven defense but that's putting some faith in Jim Knowles Alabama on the other hand doesn't need that type of faith on the defensive side of the ball they've got the probably the best defensive player in the country in Will Anderson uh, you look at the three units they have on defense. They got my number uh, number one set of linebackers, number six defensive backs, number eleven defensive line. I think they've got the best defense in the country. Now, offensively, Ohio State's got the best offense in the country. They've got three potential Heisman. They've got three Heisman candidates: C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, a running back, and Jackson Smith Najiba at the receiver spot in a loaded receiving core. So, I think Ohio State's a little more explosive offensively, but Alabama's number two with the Heisman Trophy can, uh, winner in Bryce Young. Jameer Gibbs coming in from Georgia Tech, some outstanding transfers a receiver, and one of the best offensive lines in the country. So Bama, a little bit more complete team coming in, but it wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State won. I think those two teams are extremely close at one and two. Phil, give us a surprise team or two that you think could be better than people think or ready to take a leap. Every year we look for these teams, we look at a win total, and we say, you know what, that might be the team that takes a leap, whether it's coaching continuity, whether it's a transfer, whether it's an easy schedule compared to last year. Who do you look at as teams that could surprise and be better than some people think this year? Uh, I'm going to focus on two teams. One that could surprise a lot of folks if they make the playoff, and I think they've got a shot at doing it, is Utah. And when you look at Utah, Kyle Whittingham's strengths always along the offensive line and the defensive line. They've got that this year. They've got my number six rated offensive line, number 17 D-line. Their offense took off last year once Cam Rising became the starting quarterback. Cam Rising's back has complete control of the offense. They're deep at the uh, running back position. They go about five, six deep there. The receivers are solid. So this is a very good Utah team. They're playing in the Pac-12. They do open up at Florida, but they've got them favored there. In fact, I've got them favored in every game. One toss-up game on the schedule at Oregon. But keep in mind, last year they beat Oregon 38-7. to They beat Oregon 38-10. to So they're very capable of pa- uh, passing that test. And if Utah does indeed run the table this year, I think they'd have a great shot of making the playoff. What's the over-under on Utah right now? It was eight and a half. I think some bumped it up to nine because I, I know there's been a lot of support for the Utes this year. Yeah. So I, I definitely like Utah. And then another one to take a look at would be uh, the Pitt Panthers. And when you look at uh, Pitt, 
the big thing is for them, okay, they've lost Kenny Pickett, and they've lost Jordan Addison, so they're not going to be a great team this year. But I tell you what, Coach Narduzzi does a tremendous job, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They lose two, three guys to the NFL every year off that D-line. Well, this year they didn't. They've got practically their entire D-line back, uh, which makes them my number two defensive line in the country, an outstanding defense. The offensive line vastly improved. And when I talked to Coach Narduzzi this uh, post-spring going over his offensive line with them, uh, he was just raving about how good they are. One of the top offensive lines in the ACC. They bring in Keaton Slovis from USC. They've got a deep set of running backs. Vincent Davis, Israel Abenconda are both of the quality there. And he said they have the receivers. I mean, they had a kid from Akron nobody knows about right now in Kanata Mumfield. But this, he was dominant at Akron. And he was really the, the, the player on the field. Her Dragic got hurt in that series, yeah. you remember? And, Look at this year, the toughest games are at home. Their road games are winnable. Louisville, I've got that one right as a toss-up. North Carolina and Virginia. And then the season final, they do have to play Miami on the road. But keep in mind, last year in the ACC, they were 4-0 on the ACC road, winning their games by 23 points per game. Over under something like 8.5, I think number one surprise team in the country and has the potential to get double-digit wins even win the ACC this year. I like Pitt going over. Uh, one thing that's a little different in the NFL is in the game now is so much is about the passing offenses. And what's cool in the mag is you project the passing offenses, top and bottom, rushing offenses, scoring in general, total offense. Same thing with the defensive side. Uh, when you're looking at teams to go over the win total or maybe you find some value for them to win their conference, wh where do you start? I, I know you, you want them to be balanced certainly in the college game. But what do you think is most important in 2022? Uh, the thing I look at, uh, I do nine sets of power ratings in the preseason, and uh, they basically overall tell of the team. Another, and you have to be able to kind of realize that that's happening, and then you play against that. You know, the option is, you know, don't pass, they don't throw the ball, Air Force, Army, and uh, Navy, but they do well because it's tough to you know, your team has to, especially if you're playing them on a one-week basis, your defense doesn't uh, normally practice against the option. Uh, uh, they can't practice up to the speed of the option either. You know, an option team take the field and score on their first two runs. So I don't think you have to football a lot to win in college football. So I'm not looking at either a run or pass offense. I just look at the overall talent rating of the team. I put a little more emphasis on defense. But the basic thing I look at when I'm looking at over-unders is the dog and so I'll plug in the computer. I got nine sets of uh, power ratings, and they may call for nine, nine, eight, nine, ten, and eleven wins. And I see the over/under total six and a half, seven. That's what I want to go for. So it's uh, to me, it's the overall talent, not necessarily a passing or running offense. You've had some great success stories from your most improved teams list over the years. You've got USC number one, followed by Florida, Texas, Nebraska got some of those win totals up um any of those that you would like over or under uh what's nebraska's win total this year seven and a half yeah i would i would go with over in that one uh in the respect that last year they were not a three and 19 i mean they outgained teams by uh 56 yards per game in big 12 big 10 play generally if you're plus 56 yards per game in big 10 play uh, you're six and three. You're seven and two, and yet somehow last year this team was one and eight. They had seven net close losses. 
I think their defense is even better. It's the best defense they've had under Scott Frost. They should get some of those close wins. You look at the schedule. Uh, I have got them favored over Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana, Rutgers, Illinois, Minnesota, all those games at home. That would get you to the seven. Uh, then they just have to pull one upset somewhere along the way. So I, I like Nebraska over. Um, let's see, Florida. what's Florida's over under this year? Six and a half. Really low. It's juiced wow. a little bit, but yeah, yeah I is. love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, Florida, here's the thing. They were better than six and seven last year as well. You know, they had this stuff going on with Mullen down the stretch. The bowl game was a joke. Uh, I don't even know if the players wanted to be there for that. But they got Anthony Richardson, at quarterback. They've got one of the better running back rooms out there. Billy Napier got the most out of Louisiana year in and year out. Those The running backs and quarterback are the perfect fit for his offense. He's got a veteran offensive line. All eight units rank in my top units. And as much as Florida disappointed folks last year, keep in mind I didn't even have him in my preseason top 25 last year. Got beat up by Florida fans brutally over the summer. But this year I'm more bullish on Florida. So I'm surprised it's only six and a half. I know the schedule's not easy, but they should easily get over six and a half. I got them tied for second in the SEC East. Phil, big picture question on college football. I mean, every day it feels like we're having a new story about a team that's moving conferences, super conferences, now USC, UCLA. What's your perspective on this? As someone um, who obviously loves the sport as much as anyone we talk to, is this a good thing ultimately where the sport is going? Or are are you worried about the future and the health of college football? Uh, probably a little concerned about where we're headed. I, I would want to chop it down to just uh, 40 teams being uh, significant ball, and you know everybody else is outside that uh, line. But it's college football, so you know I tell you, if you ask me where we're headed two years ago, I would have strongly said we're headed to five, 16 team super conferences. Now we don't know. It looks like there may be some conferences going away. Maybe the Pac-12 doesn't make it. But, of course, last summer I thought the Big 12 wasn't going to make it. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and watch. It doesn't affect my magazine because all my conference forecasts are for this year's conference. And uh, there's really nothing you can do to, to change things. So we'll, we'll sit back and watch. It should be interesting these next couple of years and maybe even these next couple of months. Uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking about some of your surprise teams for this season and the jump that teams like Pitt and USC will make. Uh, and you have a lengthy list here in the magazine on surprise teams. Do any of them stand out where you think they're going to take such a big jump, they're going to shock people and win their conference? Yeah, and, and for the uh, for the record, just to differentiate between the two lists, the most improved list are teams that had a losing record last year. So to qualify for the most improved list, you had to have a losing record last year. Teams, I think, will go from a losing record to a bowl game. So I think those teams probably surprised the most as far as uh, that regard goes. Uh, the surprise teams are non-top-10 teams. And every year I predict the AP top-10 uh, in February, and we usually hit 10 out of 10 every year. So I go, okay, I can't pick any of those 10 teams as a surprise team. We're going to pick everybody else outside that. And then you come up with the uh, the surprise team list. We've had a pretty good trip, with the exception of last year. Last year was just a horrible year. I had Washington as my number one surprise team. I gave myself an F for that one. Most years it's an A, A-plus on the surprise team list. But Washington really disappointed me massively last year. Phil Steele, college football. Go pick up the preview, Phil. We always appreciate you hopping on on the Roman guest line. Free online evaluation, ongoing care for EDL from the comfort of prize for your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman, 
Dot com slash Becky updated MLB win totals. That's next on the Becky network.